Welcome to another episode of the Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, skeptic, and Kelly Williams agent. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Metro Detroit. This group is about networking, doing deals. This ain't your grandma's Rhea, folks. No guru bullshit from the front, no smell of stale coffee, been gay, and or disappointment. You know what I'm talking about. RDI is also this podcast where once a week I sit down with interesting and successful business people getting shit done, and I pick their brain for your entertainment and hopefully education. If you enjoy this podcast, do me a favor. I'm sure you guys listened to last week's podcast. It was our one-year anniversary. I want to thank everybody for listening. I didn't expect this podcast to make it a year, uh, but we're too small to stay the same and we're too big to quit. So do me a favor. If you haven't already, leave me a review on iTunes. All right. Otherwise just share, like, um, comments or suggestions. Let me know. I really appreciate it. Go to renegadedetroit.com. If you're interested in attending any of the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash renegade Detroit investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit investment club. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Jeremy Burgess and on Snapchat at Jeremy A. Burgess. Somebody beat me to it. And as always on youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit wholesalers. All right. Legal disclaimer. It's the way of the world, folks. Don't blame me. In no way, shape or form should anything that I and or my guests say be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly recommend that before you make any investment decision or decisions, did you contact a lawyer and or other licensed professionals put on your big boy or big girl pants and uh, don't fucking sue me. Be an adult. All right. Time for the Renegade Joint Investors Show Quote of the Week, where I try and pick a quote that sets the tone for the podcast and hopefully your week. And I stole this from you, sir. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Winston Churchill. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And let me introduce you to my guest today, Marty Sheedy. And I'm going to apologize up front. I did the best I can to memorize exactly how to say these words, but I'm probably going to butcher it. No <laughs> I watch multiple YouTube videos, so I think I'm prepared, but I'm just going to go. All right. Being born with multiple congenital deformities, including anthrogryposis. Eh? Uh, Close? Uh, uh, no? <laughs> uh. Congenita multiplex and prune belly syndrome. They're going to be like, oh, this guy's a moron. Doctors no, told no. his parents that Marty would not live past the age of three. And if he did, Marty would not walk or function normally. Well, he proved them wrong. Today, Marty is 29 Nine. years old. I'm glad I asked. I saw that in the YouTube video. <laughs> And he's learned to enjoy every day to the fullest. Now that he's older, he wants to raise awareness about the way he walks. Marty believes that his story and walking technique may benefit others to adapt their gait pattern. Marty is the executive director of his own foundation, Project Scissorgate Foundation, where he works to educate, promote, and provide research opportunities on the Scissorgate walking pattern, which he uses. Marty travels the country as a motivational speaker, telling his story and helping families with children who have anthrogryposis and prune belly syndrome. Hopefully a little closer on that one. Marty's story and drive will touch your heart and inspire millions of people facing adversity to overcome life's challenges. The Project Scissorgate Foundation contributes to Marty's journey so he can continue to motivate and inspire others through his work with Shriners Hospital for Children and the anthrogryposis, God, I'm butchering that, and prune belly (laughs) associations of this foundation. Project Scissorgate 
Foundation is dedicated to supporting those who are born with Eagle Barrett syndrome. I think I got that one right. More commonly referred to as prune belly syndrome and anthro. How many times you put this in your bio, man? You're tripping me up, Marty. Also, though I poked it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. We work closely with those. Now we abbreviate. I appreciate that. We work closely with those who have PBS and AMC, and that's how I'm going to refer to it moving forward. So I sound less stupid, as well as their family, friends, and entire support network. Our mission is to raise awareness and educate the general public in regards to prune belly syndrome and AMC, as well as finding ways to fund research along with develop our own scholarship program for individuals affected with PBS and AMC. Definitely check Marty out. Go to facebook.com forward slash project scissor gate. That's S C I S S O R gate. And this will be in the show notes folks. You can also check him out on his website, project scissor org. Welcome, Marty. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome. Yeah, I butchered that. So no, how do I say it correctly? It's called arthrogryposis. Arthrogryposis. Thank you. I have I a little hot myself because I can't even pronounce it right. Yeah, that's okay. And <laughs> for the listeners, what what is this? And, and uh, talk about prune belly too. Yeah, arthrogryposis. It's, it's the condition of like the joints and the muscles. So it affects everybody that has it completely differently. So when I was born, I had club feet. My joke is I can play golf at my feet. <laughs> yeah, I saw that on YouTube. It was hilarious. <laughs> but I actually got to play foot golf too. So yeah. that was fun. I lived out my dream. That's your own sport, right? Foot yeah. golf. <laughs> <laughs> so I had surgery to straighten my feet out. I had club hands when I was born. But I had braces on them right away to have full mobility and range of motion. Because most people with arthropods, their hands are locked up and their shoulders, there's no movements. So I'm very fortunate to have full range of motion. Uh, because of the arthropods, I developed scoliosis. So at Swiner's Hospital in Chicago, they did a spinal fusion and put a metal rod on my back. So Pete Tommy doesn't actually talk to me like robot man. Yeah, he said you have uh you're like <laughs> the one. real life Wolverine that you got more metal in you <laughs> titanium. So, I bet it's fun going through the airport, right? Yeah, actually it doesn't beep. Yeah. I'm unlucky. So it doesn't beep? It doesn't beep. That does not make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I've suspected this bullshit all along, and now I know. Uh, how many pounds of titanium do you think you have in you? I it's just like one metal rod. Just a one. Okay. And actually, it's kind of funny because t- it it's broke. I have a titanium broken rod in my. And they back. broke. It's flat. You see it in the other way. Oh I blame it on riding a cedar point ride, but who knows? <laughs> or bowling. <laughs> who knows this would be? But it doesn't hurt me or anything. But they were supposed to put two rods in, but I was bleeding too bad that they had to close me up right away. So they put the rod in, the one in, and it went fine. So that's yeah. a blessing. Yeah, that helped out. But now that they fixed your feet, they ruined your uh, your, your golf game, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? now you get <laughs> yeah. It's give and take, right? Give and take. I just throw the ball. Just throw the ball. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then my hips are dislocated out of socket. So that's when I was little, I learned how to walk translated because I have much more better balance. If I try to walk translated, it's really hard and I walk like a penguin and I can't go anywhere. 
Now I saw it in the YouTube video and I'm going to, I'm going to put all the YouTube videos in the show notes so you can, you can see what I'm talking about here. So that was one of the, that's one of the interesting things when you try and walk normal, it's like really slow. But when you, for, for the listeners, when you cross your legs, think about like when you cross your legs seated, but then try walking that way. And he walks really fast that way. Like it, for some reason that works. Yeah. And it's because the hips are dislocated and my doctors told me that they don't want to keep it that way. Because if they try to do a hip replacement or to wrap it, they told my mom and dad I probably wouldn't have the mobility. If I did, they might pop that out of place. And it just, my quality of life wouldn't be where it's at now if they tried that. So the doctors actually did a right move and not tried to fix me and just let me be. Okay. Yeah, I did notice because I did get on YouTube to try and understand a little bit more about this. It's congenital, meaning genetic, right? Yeah. Something like one in 3,000 um, births have it in the United States, right? Right, live births, and some unfortunately don't make it. That's true, and good point. Then there's others that even before birth, they hear the word after they post it, and they beat such it, and the doctors tell their parents, oh, well, Maybe you should terminate the child because they're reading a textbook and they see it's very negative, very this, and they don't really understand the quality of life that people out of the postlets can live. That's and a I good have point. heard this. I just attended a medical conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and actually heard some parents say that the doctors told them to terminate the child and. Now they're in a wheelchair and walking or doing like really awesome with help and challenges, but the the doing good. Yeah, that's a that's a dark subject, but yeah, a lot of man, I would hate to be in that that position. Yeah. But I imagine a lot of people when the doctors tell them, "Look, X Y Z here. Here's yeah. what and here are your chances, and this is what it says." Yeah. So now that's why I'm trying to raise awareness and really put it in the light as to hey. There's a lot of people that can live really solid lives and do the right things. Yeah, you have <clears throat> a car, like you could drive. There's like lots of things. You, right. Just like a normal person, just maybe a little shorter yeah, with a better yeah. attitude, I might add. You know? <laughs> and I need help from time to time. And well, and more recently, that news reporter that Donald Trump made fun of, yeah, he had also the it. Oh, great, Donald. So, <laughs> kind of <laughs> Making fun of congenital defect, bit. yeah. But, I mean, uh, at least it brought also the it into the mainstream a little bit more. Thank you, Donald. So, there. Yeah. There we go. We can say something nice about him. <laughs> we appreciate your effort to bring it more into the public's, uh, <laughs> public site. And then Poon Bali's Lindrums, that's a whole different side. And that's even a much more severe could-be condition. Uh, there's many people that have kidney transplants, dialysis, a lot of bladder infections, because it's a lack of stomach muscle in the stomach. So it, it affects really more the inside. I was affected with, uh, with my stomach was like a prune, so that they did a tummy tuck type surgery at U of M. And all the ladies. So you got like, a tummy tuck? Oh, I want one. Oh, I want one. They always <laughs> Just be born with prune belly. Get yeah. one right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was born with one kidney. And right now that kidney is doing good, but uh, there might be some things down the road that I might have to deal with. But 
That's one thing at a time. And the Eagle Barretts, which which That's one? Prune oh, that is Prune Belly. Okay, same name. thing. Okay, but yeah. the the a lot more mortality rate. I don't the Prune Belly syndrome at birth. So mm. to have both in that lens, I am extremely lucky to be as mobile and active and and live a life that I do. My I feel that I was affected enough to be affected at both and to realize all these different challenges, but not affected enough that I can truly make an impact and spread awareness and, and actual help for those in this room. So. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast was I've been following you for a while. I'm, I, I didn't meet you in real life. But I met you in Facebook life. Tommy Desmond told me about you and he's yeah. actually here. Uh, he stepped out for a second, uh, but he's here today on the show. And so I started following you and you are an incredibly positive can do guy. Like, like here's somebody who has every reason to quit on life who got dealt terrible hand, right? Yeah. I'm sure we can get into it, but I'm sure childhood wasn't particularly fun, right? At least in a lot of ways. Yet you have this incredibly positive attitude about getting things done and getting things done yourself too. I mean, not that you don't need help or you won't accept help, but being independent, can you discuss or, or talk about um, especially early life and kind of bring us up from as far back as you can remember and some of the challenges you faced and specifically when you chose to have a good attitude, because I listened to that YouTube and it, it seems like your dad said like right out of the gate, you had just a good attitude about it, which is amazing to me. Yeah. I, would, I mean, most people like always say, oh, childhood much, but I had a really good childhood. I had a really great school system. I grew up in Dearborn. I graduated from Utsla Ford High School, then from Elementary to ninth grade, I went to each year. I was in Pohai class, which is a physically or otherwise health impaired, but I was mainstreamed and all but in the classes and was been through full agitation. But to go back to a room if I needed more time, or okay, that's sick. Like I did a lot. Um, but it was always really positive, I never got made fun of. I, that's, that's amazing to me. I really do it. And what was really unique about Dearborn is it's a very high Muslim population, right? And they were the greatest people to me growing up. And it was a really unique world. And in seventh grade, I was the only Po High student, which to won for a student council. And I lost about seven votes. Mm. Only and by seven. Awesome. Recount. Get the Supreme <laughs> Court involved. I think you would have won. <laughs> yeah. Man, if you had gotten to schools I went to, they would have tried to eat you alive. I'm so glad you went to uh, a great school. That's great parents and great school really is a great start in life. Yeah. And my family, like, this is my cousin Anthony. Yeah. You roll deep, man. <laughs> Come on, you got your cousin, yeah. you got Tommy, you got everybody here, man. So. <laughs> and like, that's, it's always family and, it's always been the people around me that's helped me the most. I mean, from jumping on bats or rolling down the street, like, I'm able to do all of these awesome things because of the people I have. They'll help put me in the front of all the concert or dip me on top of a abandoned building downtown Detroit or my mother. 
Just, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, I would never do anything like that. No, ever. No. I mean, I have a bot. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I got a feeling somebody, the best of that person might be sitting in this room, allegedly. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, so when do you remember, or if you do, um, and maybe this is just me projecting, right? Um, having a positive attitude about it and being determined to be independent anyway. And can you talk about those challenges? I definitely always realized that I, right, I moved out of my mom and dad's house like right out of high school. That's uh, fine. That was something I knew I've always wanted to do. Um, but it was in high school that I started giving speeches about my condition. And it was kind of then that I really realized, like, okay, I, the world really needs to know what these conditions are. When the internet first came out and you tightened off the deposits, there was absolutely nothing except for like a picture of it. Someone just really not a positive outlet and Kimberly mm. syndrome even less. So as that internet world was developing, I'm like, okay, I could, make a website and I had a AOL hometown page <laughs> with, back in the day yeah one video one paragraph and a counter and I sent that to a bunch of orthopedic hospitals and doctors and I just I doodled and I just spent hours emailing and for the fact to raise awareness for the city that my thinking was that my walk to help me, there has to be someone else in that seven billion person planet that my walk could help. Because other people, there's only two to three other people that walk like I do in the world that I know of. Yeah, how did you, that's very unique. How did you develop that that walk? Because it's very effective. Watching you, I mean, you get around pretty quick. It's pretty amazing. Honestly, I, I feel that it's died of the universe, like, cause I just started doing it and it went, I don't, I don't remember that time when I tried to ask my mom and dad and they really don't quite remember, but something snapped inside me and it's like, hey, do it like this, you can do it. And that's what I feel has been the catalyst for all of this. And that's why I named my foundation, it's the foundation. Because it just it doesn't help also they post it, so it does, doesn't help Poonbelly. But it's uh, a broad view of people with disabilities, of motivation, of inspiring. So it's a, a symbol for hope. No, I love it. And I, I just, it's a can-do attitude, too. It's like, no, that, too bad. I'm, I don't care if I have to do it weird. I'm going to do it fast. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get from point A to point B in a hurry. Um, has it been helpful for lots of other people with uh, with AMC? Well, there's, it can only really help someone if their hips are dislocated in a certain way. But I attended the uh, Autodiposis Conference last year, and a physical therapist from Pennsylvania, from Pittsburgh, came up to me, and they have an Autodiposis Clinic there, and she treats someone that walks just like I do. Cool. And he's 29 years old. He just married a woman from another country. 
He travels all over the world and he's a true badass. <laughs> so I can't wait to meet him. That'd be cool. So that would be really cool. So the same age, same time, and that's the only other person that I know of that walks like that. And then just recently, I met a little boy with Poonbali and after they post it, which is extremely rare. And I have a picture of me and him now. And that was a really powerful moment, especially for my mom. Yeah, I think I saw that one on Facebook. Yeah. How do, have you, have you ever had a, a what I would call a square job, a regular job, or did you just go right uh, into this? Well, in high school, I wanted a time at Botswana for like a couple months. And, but I thought I was going to be like a taxi or doing something like that. But I was in the back organizing time books. I really didn't like time books a lot anyway. Okay. So it became really daunting to me to try and alphabetize. Like, it just wasn't my thing. No, it didn't work out. Well, how does one go from, I want to raise awareness? Because I know how difficult the nonprofit world is, right? Because it's, 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 it's a brutal, people don't talk about it. They go, oh, nonprofits, it's so nice. And it's more like wolfy, wolfy, <laughs> wolf baby, you know? <laughs> It's brutal. How does one go from like, okay, I'm going to bring awareness to I'm going to start a nonprofit and I'm just going to do this thing? Well, I had that idea and I sent it to the director of development from Swiner's Hospital in Chicago where I had all of my all of my orthopedic surgeries were done there. Yeah. How many was that? Seven, seven. Slips on my feet, my back, seven. Seven, okay. That's quite a few surgeries, man. It was, they were all, so when I became old enough, I knew I wanted to join the organization. And to do, that was the start of me wanting to do that and help others was to become a mason and a swiner to wear feathers and walk back in the hospital that helped me. So I got to meet them. <laughs> Tommy's laughing. <laughs> yeah, come over to the mic real quick. I have walked through the Shrine Hospital in Chicago with him, and it was like Bono came back to Ireland. Was it? I'm serious. <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of people were coming out from the woodwork. Oh my God, Marty's here! It took us forty minutes to walk through the lobby because of the quantity of people that came to hug him and talk to him. And I mean, it was literally like. My, I mean, and I'm a member of this organization. I've seen similar. This, I've never seen anything like the response that he got coming back. So it was. So Marty's got a little star power. Uh, oh, he's he's definitely the yeah. He's, a rock star. Yeah, the Shriner he, Hospital. He's got that status in that group. So yeah. So yeah, that that kind of. So he was the one that was like, "Hey, you have an idea and a plan to become a nonprofit." I'm like, wow, all right. So I really didn't know anything. And I started doodling and meat searching. And he gave me his IRS paperwork and started showing me the way. Well, I tried to do that on my own. And it got denied. Tried to give him more information, that denied. Give him more information, that denied. Yeah, it's so tough. It just all kind of put on hold for still planning not want, and building these relationships that they knew in time would happen. Then a friend of mine that I know from a local bar led to by my house. <laughs> his mom does nonprofits for some of the Detroit Lions and other he's a program manager. 
and I got involved with some of them things. And he's like, oh, my dad, you've been trying to do that? I'll help you get it done in two months. I'm like, wait, what? I've been, been working on this forever. You're just going to do it in two years. months? Yeah. And we met, and then literally two months, two and a half months later, after years of trying and failing and trying and failing, I finally got 501c3. Do you, know what, uh, do you remember what mistake you were making or...? Just the eye of us, when you do it like that way, just it's a lot of different things. So now I work with under like a major nonprofit and more like an umbrella, but ah. I'm still my own 501c3. And our program manager uh, handles all the finances, all the legal aspects, and all of the nitty gritty things that I don't have to to just focus on the mission. Yeah, and, yeah. Why don't you talk about the Scissorgate Foundation a little bit? Yeah, the Project Scissorgate Foundation. Now, it's a five hundred one c three, and we provide military equipment, college scholarships. We just recently, which is our visit to Virginia, the also the Project Conference at the Virginia in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and me and my mom attended. And we got to pay the registration fee for every person in attendance that also they posted. That's awesome. So we were able to donate a large amount of money to cover those talks. And it was, that was a dream of mine from last year when I left. I said I wanted to really be able to make an impact and really do something. And I set out with a doll that by next, by the following year, next year, that I would raise enough money to sponsor those kids. And within a couple months last year, I was able to do that. Dude, that is, that is awesome. <laughs> That's one of the things I love about the internet. I mean, humans, we're just so intensely social. And I can only imagine, I like to hang around people who like to do real estate. Like I like to hang around farmers. And mm-hmm. I'm just drawn to these people like a moth. To, to flame right totally. now with the internet because it's such a rare condition now you guys can get together go over strategies what works what doesn't latest just the social Technology, aspect yeah, yeah it's just amazing the parents there's finally hope that the a, a new mom is diagnosed and they can go online and find a whole support group of other moms to their ideas were for fears or their hopes and dreams. And these are things that my mom and dad and other people my age never had. Yeah. So it really becomes a bit of help. And I want my foundation to really play a part in those two groups because it really, really impacts people's lives. Like you leave that conference at the week of being together, and it's really hard to say, and you build these friendships, and it's a really unique experience. Well, yeah, I can only I can only imagine. It's like the dark ages before the internet. That's how we consider it, right? You, you know, you couldn't talk to anybody. You couldn't flip through the the yellow pages and find. You just had to randomly bump into people or like some word of mouth thing. Right, and uh, yeah, now I've been able to build some really great, great friendships and. Hopefully we'll be traveling and they'll visit all these people soon enough. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the, um, the Shriners? Um, even I didn't know what the Shriners were. I had, I had to look it up. The Shriners, uh, what they do and, and what they did to help you. Yeah. Yeah. The Shriners, the Shriners organization was a branch of the Freemasons because the Freemasons had their organization, but a lawyer, a doctor, a actor, and a scientist, Dr. Lala, run over in the Middle East. And it's like, hey, wow, I love the facade of these things. Let's go back to the United States and create an organization that's Masonic related, but more fun, more <laughs> ceremony, more instead of like the formal Masonic meeting. So they came back, built that, and it wasn't until. 25 years later, that their annual meeting, that they decided, hey, there's like a 100,000 of us. We should do something more, something bigger. And they created the front Swainers Hospital in 1922. And their mission was to treat polio and not have any talks to anybody. And that was their original to treat other people with disabilities, like orthopedic disabilities and polio. And that was in 1922. Now, fast forward all these years later, there's 22 Swine Hospitals, one in Mexico and one in Montreal, and then 19 or 20 in the United States. And they provide treatment at no thoughts for people with orthopedic conditions, uh, bonds, and plot left. And they're, they don't have to worry about like insurance companies telling them what they can or can't do. So their tear is that much better. And they had top of the line doctors. There's many, many children that have been to regular doctors in their hometown, and they're like, oh, we can't do anything. They can't do anything. They go to the hospital, and they come out walking. That's amazing. And it's at no cost. At no cost. And if they live in a certain area, they will drive them to the hospital, the one, the patient and one family member. And if they have to stay a few days, they'll, they can stay down and pick them up and they're ready to come home. Man, that's amazing. And so, yeah, I would, I would probably join the Shriners too after that, right? They, they really helped you out. They really, really helped. Yeah. How did you, how did you hear about the Shriners though? Cause this is back in the dark ages, right? Yeah, before, the, before internet. the internet. Yeah. How'd you was, figure that out? But there were a lot more Shriners then. So a lot of run them off. Um, but it was from a friend that my dad knew and my aunt, my aunt Cindy talked to my mom and you did a sponsor. And back then, they would have an actual designer come out, take a picture, and he would be like your sponsor. And then you would know. That, so like the very that. first time, we built the, the big designer's butts to Chicago. That's intensely personal. They had to come out and meet, take a picture of you, and then yeah. go. That's and awesome. Send it to the doctor. Yeah. Well, what's it like? I mean, you join now. What's um, what's it like being a I mean, I'm sure the Shriners it's helped you, and now you get to turn rewarding. around and do the same thing, right? Yeah, because when I joined, I I got really, this was before my nonprofit, so I got really heavily involved. I became the members of the chairman, and that's actually how I met Tommy Desmond. 
was his friend, Bitsitsin, who was a doctor in Atsuraina, brought him up to Port Huron. And he was in Atsuraina yet, and he was spending the weekend. But me and him got taught in really late, and he became Atsuraina the next day. There's probably whiskey involved, too, yeah, if I know Tommy. maybe just a little. <laughs> maybe a little, maybe a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned earlier, um, that's something I'm intensely interested in. You mentioned earlier about goals. Um, how do you, this is something I'm interested in everybody. How do you set goals and how do you track goals and, um, how do you accomplish your goals? Well, a lot of mental planning and I, I write everything down. Like I had notebooks and notebooks and notebooks and they always make fun of me. And I have for years, but in a good way, not <laughs> in a bad way. But that's every little thing. And then I just know you can write it down and then put however long. It might take years, but I feel you truly think about something deep enough and you put that focus, thought into manifests. Like I truly believe in the mind and how we're truly capable. It can't just poof create a hamburger and like make it appear. But I truly, truly believe in the power of manifestation and what you think. And here's kind of an example. When I was younger, I was always, and it, this is the story that comes full circle with everything. I was always a huge fan of Tid Rock. Watch videos, was a huge fan. Me and my grandma, would watch videos in the morning, doing the slow music videos, and listen to picture, and just all these different things. Huge, because of his philanthropic, yeah. what he does, and just everything. I just really like what he was about. So, fast forward, I became a survivor. Then, I started getting involved and met a lot of people in the music community. You know, I would meet, like, I had that to meet Ted Rock's brother and other people, body does and people around them, the different sets. Then, by the laws, I feel the universe, out of nowhere, Ted Rock chose Serena's Hospitals for Children as a charity of choice for his ten concerts three years ago. And... So I'm like, wow, that's, that's awesome. All right, he's chose. So they needed a group of swiners to go to DTE for every snow to sell CDs. And you're like, I know someone who might be interested in doing that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, that's, that's awesome. So I went, and the potentate at the time was like, hey, we need someone to hold, because you sell a CD, and then you did a raffle to it which enters you into a chance to win an autograph guitar at the end of the night. So he's like, hey, will you come on stage with me, being a former patient with now a Serena in the hall of the guitar? Like, yeah, oh my God, like, that would be awesome. Hell yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so I'm walking, and something really hit me really hard that said that I asked, hey, can I take the microphone and can I say, what's up, Detroit? And like hype up the crowd. And You're it. kidding me. And the lady in the potentate looked and was like, yeah, yeah, that's. So <laughs> you can do that. 
<laughs> so I did it. The What's up, Detroit? Time, like, What's up, Detroit? That's so awesome. And then the crowd went crazy. And then like, I can't hear you. And then they went even louder. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is amazing. So I laughed. And our friend Joey was like, you have to fucking do that every night. Every night. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> so I did that for the 10 shows. And talked a lot of people. His brother was there. Um, and at the final night, his, we were backstage. And his brother was like, hey, will you, you never met Bob yet? I'm like, no, no. He's like, well, come on. I'm like, well, all right, so we do that. I, he's like, hey, man, it's so awesome to meet you. I heard you every night out there. They had a monitor, and you could hear, obviously, so it was right next to the stage. He's like, at first, you were like, what's up, Detroit? Then in the middle, you were like, what's up, Detroit? <laughs> and then at the end, he listened to what he said. I could feel it in you. He said, what's up, motherfucking Detroit? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like awesome. Thank yes. you. <laughs> yeah. So I thank them for what he did, choosing Swing at the Hospital. That's awesome, and by the way. I yeah. told them my conditions and I looked at them and I go, Yeah, I'm kind of like you. You'll never meet another motherfucker quite like me. <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed. Yeah. And he jumped back. He's like, I want my picture with you. I want my picture with you. And then our friend slip started from there. Uh, about a month later, I got an email, and he invited me to Lion's Name. And then we have become awesome friends. And, that is so awesome. And that's been a true. So that's what I talk about, the manifestation and all that. Like, I joined the Swiners. And because I joined the Swiners, to dip back, I was able to have the opportunity to at least even be backstage, then to hold the guitar, then to ultimately meet him. Yeah, well, you so, definitely, you definitely put yourself in a position of opportunity, right? You, yeah. you weren't sitting at home waiting for some things to happen, right? You were, and Tommy said that you're like a master networker. <laughs> he says, you fucking know everybody. <laughs> Cause I asked him last night, cause he started, he started, Facebook messaging me. I'm like, so you got Marty on there? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what should I ask him? What should we talk about? It's like, dude fucking knows everybody. So networking is something near and dear to my heart. I have networking goals. I try and hit two networking events a month. So I was hoping I can pick your brain a little bit about networking. Uh, do you have a networking plan or networking no, goals? Or? I just go out everywhere. I, I just, I try and be everywhere I can. And I talked to, like, I had no specific, just ever since I was little, like, from different family, like, I just have always, I always try and talk to people first. Ever since I was little, this has been my philosophy, that if I talk to you, like, as the kid or other kids first, and I try and tell them right away, like, why I walk the way I do, or what I have, then I feel that it's like curiosity till in the tat, and then I feel like we're on the same level. So then, because if I were you looking at me or anybody, I would wonder, like, hmm, what the What, what happened, right? Yeah, because like, it's so it's rare. I had no idea. Human nature to yeah. be curious. 
No, that just always been my philosophy on that, just the outdoorness, that talking to people and everyone introducing people. And well, for sure, you're an extrovert, right? I, I could tell right away. You hugged me in the first three seconds oh. I met you. That's if that's not extroverted behavior, I don't, I don't know what is. You know? Yeah. So I'm very, that very emotional tap, like I just love people. I love life. I love people, and so. I just like every what I did was like when I found that Facebook, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to utilize it. Everyone, if I talk to you for ten minutes or fifteen minutes, seven years ago, you're like, hey, what's your Facebook? And everyone's like, why are you asking me? Because I always realized that in time I was going to have something rough sailing with people to help people. So that's that's how I built the network of just constantly keeping connected. Hey, the email address. Hey, that's the attachment. Dude, you'd be a good salesman if you <laughs> you do that sales sales world. You tell the shit out of things. You, you, people never follow up with. They never contact. They never get the card. They don't add them on Facebook. They just don't do these things. And <laughs> you just seems like you just go around collecting like networks of people. Um, how do you decide um, what events to go to? Because you said you just get out there and go to as many things as possible, which I believe you it's look like hard. you have the energy. Like, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to build. Like, I was never full on me. So it's just like, hey, let's hang out. Hey, let's open the one on downtown. Hey, the let's. And it will happen all simultaneously. It's like, man, I, I, <laughs> I have to do that. So I don't want to make let's punch and feel bad. And then, all right, I'm just going to stay home and do none of them. <laughs> No, I, it's it just it depends. I try and do the bats that's gonna help me, my life, put the bats and all that. I like that you add them on the Facebook too, as it gives you a way to follow up with them. I get a lot of business off Facebook. That's a smart way to do it, and you stay in front of people. That's how you ended up here. Yeah, you know, I yeah. had you as a friend. You accepted. I watched you for six. I think it's like six, seven months, and I was like, man, I just reach out and say hi. So, awesome. your Facebook game is strong, sir. Are <laughs> you on any of the other- on Instagram and Twitter? I hear, but I'm, I'm working on that. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you on any of the other social medias? Uh, Instagram or? And, sh- and I don't really use Twitter, but Snapchat. I'm okay. trying to use more and more. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out Snapchat. <laughs> I need to get one of these Snapchat ten and I. <laughs> no, don't do that. Maybe you should do some Snapchat classes for uh, for us old folkies to figure <laughs> out. Yeah, so I can figure out what to do. I'm still trying to figure out a swipe left, swipe right. Like, what, what am I doing here? Oh, I sent a private message. Yeah. Is that Tinder? Yeah. Well, don't do that apparently either. Yeah. <laughs> well, we see how good I am on the whole social media thing, right? Um, what, what is uh? What are you on Instagram? Do you remember? All right, your name. I will put it in the show notes, folks. I didn't know he was on Instagram, so I will I will put it in the show notes. What are you working on right now? Right now, it's kind of I'm in a in between period. I have a doctor's appointment on Friday that I'll figure out a little more about, like what's going on, the different things, and I'll release like all that then. But uh, <laughs> what is he, what's he laughing out over there? Uh, oh, you're just sneezing. <laughs> uh, but then, just be planning. I'm I'm trying to really detail in the next two years for my foundation strategically by month by month. 
like hot like planning different fundraisers, sponsoring that's just a conference and then there's a robotic arm that helps feed people after they post it that can't use their arms. Mm. Uh there's a couple of retracts for people that might need them that I found out from the conference. I run a run on trying to get those funded and just continuing to raise money and that's kind of the real door now. The first year was really about getting awareness to the foundation out there that I'm a 501 and finally telling people and showing people, hey, we did it after all these years, like getting the name out there. And then my second year in my head, I wanted to hold little events finally be able to do something with the little money that we got to show people, hey, like, this is what we're about as a nonprofit. Like, these are the types of things we want to do. So now that we had those pieces put together, it's trying to really nail down our nuts focus and our nuts steps because I finally feel fully comfortable enough Asking for larger amounts of donations because of the ideas and the dolls and what we have just the templates and paying hotel rooms for people that attended the Pumbali conference and now things are actually rolling. It's like that's what I've been waiting for to really did it though and that's a smart approach do some small things prove that you can do it and then go back and ask for more yeah, yeah that's very straight you're a strategic motherfucker marty that's <laughs> what i say you got, I got all your planning and notebooks how many notebooks of uh do you think you have filled and that is many it's tommy but i have <laughs> yeah tommy also likes to <laughs> likes to do that i like that you have your goals written out and and you have a plan about it um yeah. how do you if you don't want to give, don't give away trade secrets no, if you no. don't want to. How do you go about raising money and asking for money from a nonprofit? Because I think it's probably a lot that's going to apply to people in business, raising money for yeah. projects. Right now, I haven't really asked for a lot. It's just kind of happened. People have seen and believed and, and they had donated. And like a, a lawyer, a random lawyer that sponsored an event two years ago. And he, oh, yeah. Yeah, Norman Yatuma donated five thousand dollars, which is awesome. Which is Thank amazing. you, sir. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy John. Plug everybody you want, man. Let's give these people yeah. some uh, yeah, some yeah. airtime. Yeah, for helping out. Ted Vot yeah. was able to donate in the beginning, and he's donated pictures. Um, and Jimmy John donated ten thousand dollars for me to sponsor. Uh, man, you do know everybody, me. don't you? <laughs> yeah, Tom. Here, let's get you on the mic. Let's get you on the mic real quick. Sorry. Uh, so it was a crazy night. It was uh, how it all happened. Um, it was after last year's 10 shows. We went to uh, Bob's house, and uh, Jimmy John has been to pretty much any, uh, almost all of his shows. And uh, he finally, we finally got a chance to actually sit down and talk with him, uh, other than in a party aspect, I guess you could say. But he um, was cooking breakfast in the morning at Bob's house, and seen this guy walk up at you know six o'clock in the morning he's like what's up rock star he's like, you know, he's like uh 
He's like, I really want to know what I can do to help you, man. I really like what you do. And, and I, what, not how many weeks later, not even less than a month, we were, we were contacted from, you know, his company and, uh, just where do we send the check? And he, Boom. I mean, and just I mean, like just that. a, just a, you know, it was a huge amount. But it, and it was just a small gesture from him, which was awesome. So I you know that we're going to have uh, the opportunity to maybe hit him up later on, you know, and, and show him what we did, you know, with the uh, Arthur Guy Postis convention. That's where a lot of that money from him went towards that. So we're definitely utilizing everything that we've that we've received smart, smartly and, 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 and strategically because we uh, don't have a whole lot. But we got a plan the for the future. Oh, right? For sure. Yeah. But go back on the mic. Go back on the mic. Yeah. Oh, and both they are both on my board of directors. Yeah, some can More some can do guys. I I like the attitude. So, what is your goal now? I was just gonna say, hey, here's what I did with the money last time. Give me more. <laughs> Good no, plan. Right? Well, maybe no. <laughs> at least know him, right? But at least maybe not him. But now there's other people that I can approach that I have ideas about. Like, hey. Can you help me sponsor the Pumbali conference? Then we need this money. This, this is what it did that time. Here are the pictures. Here's the video. Look at the, the type of lines can change. It's simple. $5,000 or $10,000. It's, that's a lot of money, but to some people, that's just a drop in the bucket. <laughs> well, yeah. And the, the idea of the conference too. I mean, paying for those people, their, their fees there. That's, that's pretty cool. That, I don't think, I think people think that like the social media thing is done. And I really think it's just beginning. You were just humans just want to be around people like us who think like us, who are interested in the things we are, who care about the same things. We're just intensely interested in each other's lives. And so the same life that one in so many people in the world, like when you get to that, it's like, wow. We're so separate when we're in our everyday lives. But when we're together, it's like, wow, you kind of walk like me, or your hands are like me. And that's a really powerful thing. And we now, every newborn baby that's born that contacts the support groups, the author that puts it, the Poonbali support group, we send out care packages to them. Because uh, most of the time, the children are in the hospital for months and end when they're first born. So like toiletry items and uh, a mom also they felt that knitted blankets. So we said that and tolerant books and toiletry items for the parents so they don't have to go out and buy stuff. They can just spend time with the child. And then we provide a hundred dollar visa card. And they could buy food or they need a hotel for a night by the hospital or whatever it may be. Like it can help ease the pain and just let them know that there's other people and other parents that deal with the same thing. Yeah, they're not alone. And yeah. then so right you off got the their back, back. They did some sort of like, oh, wow, we're truly part of a community. And then there's a lot of from the support groups. If it's the author that puts this child or Pumbali that bottoms them and lets them know what they do. and That's amazing. Like that. Have you so, thought about writing a book? Yeah, I have. In, in time. It's in, that's, there's other parts of my journey that I 
No, I still you got a plan. Yeah, you're relatively young. You don't want to write a book too young, yeah. I guess, right? <laughs> or you could write more, I guess, yeah. right? Two books. Write yeah. another, but yeah. that's no a lot more. No, I had that in my life. That, and I love traveling, and that's a huge part of my life. It, that fills me up and energizes me more than anything else. The traveling, so, huh? Traveling. Like, yeah, is it just meeting new people? Like that, yeah. Me and him, I dressed in New York a couple months ago. Uh, me, Ryan, Arizona in February. It just, that really, I love the, I dress the people seeing it. And then I know that I'm still in my life and my conditions everywhere I go. I talk to someone for a minute, hey, I have a trifold. Oh, what do you do? I have a nonprofit here. Like, we met nurses at, like, 2 in the morning at a bachelor party. Um, <laughs> They're still York. doing it. That's there, and they have my pins and trifolds. And so it's just, everywhere you go, just continuing to get that much to drop there. Because by the time I leave this planet, years down the road, I want to know that also they put this in Pumbole, is as mainstream as it's about to be at that time and for more help or more research and actual larger amounts of bitter organizations or larger celebrities really helping to champion those conditions. Because everybody or every other condition has like a celebrity hero. Yeah. A someone that's promoting them. So. If you're listening and you're a celebrity, there is a vacancy, <laughs> and Marty yeah. would like to like to fill it. Come so. be a champion. Yeah, come come be a champion. And or if out. you have the money laying around that you'd like to donate, that would help too. That would that would go a long way. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out as well. We'll talk about a little bit um, after the podcast. I think there's some things we can potentially do together it's so hard to find honest nonprofits. i feel like when i meet one that uh, i just want to hold on to it and not let it go but i'm going to circle back around to that and yeah. probably talk to you more about the end at some point you decided i'm going to go out and i'm going to do motivational speaking right how did you come to that conclusion and and what is it what has it done for you that kind of tame about sweating awareness it, that's kind of how it started, was living speeches and health classes. So my friends would have a project in school, and they needed a medical condition. They needed to do a project then. So it just kind of started with that. But then I realized more about my life and what I have been able to do so far. And then I like to turn that into awareness and motivation. And I speak at Rotary Clubs a lot, and I've done a lot of schools in the past like year and a half, and that's been a lot of fun mm. with middle school, the teenagers, and even high school. And so that's just kind of how it started, and it's now it's like a three-part process, agitation, motivation, and an awareness for what I do now. Ooh, I like it. Agitation. What was it again? Three-part process. Oh, agitation, 
around it. Oh, damn. We, I know we, we lost it. What was I'm it? Not, I, oh, hopefully they, they listen on the podcast. They got it. I was like, damn, well, I want to serve. Like, that's good. <laughs> agitation, something and awareness. That will, oh, inspiration, agitation, oh, yeah. inspiration, yeah. awareness. So I like that you, I like that you have a plan um, about it. Well, that's, we talked about before the podcast. It's something that I find incredibly dismaying is, I don't know, last five years, I almost want to call it like a, a culture of victimhood. Like n- nobody can do anything and nobody can get anything done. The world's just out to get them. And that is really one of the reasons why I want to have you on the podcast because Taka being, being built, dealt a shitty hand and you on the video, you could not tell on the video. Like you're just like, no, just do it. You know, there's problems in life overcome them. Like, it's just amazing to me. I was like, oh, everybody should be. That's why I want to have you on the podcast. I'm like, I'm so sick of this whiner victim culture. I'd like to crush it. <laughs> and you're out there networking, traveling, uh, overcoming all these obstacles. I think one of the things you have a hard time with is maybe your shoes, but like practically yeah. everything yeah. else. Yeah. You, you do, uh, you do, uh, <laughs> I did watch YouTube videos. I, I went out and I did my research beforehand. <laughs> You're a can-do motherfucker just out there getting shit done and at a pace that I, I think a lot of people would have a hard time keeping up with, too. How do you guys keep up with this guy? <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's one of those things. He takes a lot of power naps. Uh, he's, a power, he's the power nap king. You know? Yeah, it's... Um, so we get that a lot every time we do something, especially with uh, Drew, the other board member. He's... He does. We all have full time jobs, uh, or we're all, or whatever we may be doing, and and then we do this on top of that. We always get that a lot. Like, how do you guys continue to do what you do? Yeah, but like I said, it's a lot of power naps, <laughs> a lot of a lot of Red Bull. Um, I'm but, terrible at power naps. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I I started doing it because of him because yeah. I see how you well they learn. Work. This guy will listen, he'll sleep for 15, 20 minutes and then go for another twelve hours. Ruthless. Yeah, I'm good. Just, I just refueled. Doesn't stop, you know. Um, but yeah, that's. A, I would say the power naps is definitely a big thing. But he, the pace that we do it because I we feel that if we stop and we become we we in our day of age we're going to become stagnant yeah and we like to show not only to ourselves but to our followers and our supporters that we're showing some movement forward with what we're doing i mean we're going into our third year and from what we've done from the beginning is is like skyrocketed and and it almost it's it's like being on a wave man you just never want it to end you know it's just going to keep going so we we make sure that we keep it going so we never stop everything stays at a steady pace and sometimes it gets accelerated, but it, we, I mean, I don't know how we do it, but we do it and it, and it makes it, it just makes it that much more satisfying. Awesome. Well, I do, I can say Marty, that you're a massive action kind of guy, right? Um, do you, <laughs> what is your, what is your daily schedule? Like, that's a question I ask most of my uh, guests. It, it depends. I did get up at eight or I did sleep until noon. <laughs> Depending on later you're out yeah, last night. That, that, yeah. <laughs> My daily schedule is, it's, and I'm a lot easier not to be able to do that. I mean, my mom and dad helped me out tremendously on different like financial things now, and just like to they know what I'm doing is fulfilling a bit of picture. And so I did a lot of help with different that so I can fully live out my dream, my doll. Like, but I was put I. I feel like I was putting on, on earth to this, to do this. Like I, this is my life mission. And it, 
no matter how long I'm here, that's what I'll be doing for the rest of my life. They, so they will always be someone in need, especially after they put the symptom body, and they'll always be another baby born. And there'll always be someone out there that doesn't know the word after they put it. And the Pumbali syndrome. And I had no idea until I met you, yeah. That's, so that's, I, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm just me being me doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, I enjoy the, the, the pace at which you attack. It's one, another one of my pet peeves. Well, we're ranting here. Yeah. Um, is people act like they have all the time in the world. <clears throat> Like nobody knows when they're going to die. Yeah, yeah. You could live to 90 or you can die in a car accident tomorrow. Or we might not make it out of this afternoon. Right. right. And people are just like, oh, I got time. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, maybe next year. I'm like, fuck. What if there's not next year? Yeah. What if you don't have next year? Are you going to look back and go, gee, I wish I would have uh, done this. I now I, this sometimes hurts me. Totally. Right. Like, and, and even that, that 70 years, that might. That's not a long time. No. I mean, you, the father would take that for what it's worth. Like, yeah, if you're going to live to 100, it's really not that long. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> while we're here for that time, we gotta make the best of every minute and, and really live it. <laughs> well, that was one of the things I get from your, your motivational videos, too, that you posted, too, is just, just that urgency to, to get things done and not just sit back and wait or woe is me or I'm a victim. Get up, do something. Mm-hmm. Who cares how long it takes? I like that yeah. you have a goal that you're trying to accomplish. Well, this Thank next you. section of the podcast, um, I call like success habits or routines, right? Yeah. So <laughs> things that you, you, that you have done that you found helpful, books well, that you have read, videos you've watched, podcasts that you like, whatever you think is helpful. Um, that you would like to to share with people, if anything. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, Wayne Dwyer. Oh yeah, huge, and I another manifestation that time took away was I watched his videos for years, and then as I got older, I'm like, wow, that's real. But he really talks about. I mean, it's everything I believed and everything. Like different things I projected and the manifestation and dad being a new and all these things. And I was, uh, that's the time he was in a town to Detroit. I met someone that was going to introduce me to him and then he passed away mm. about a year ago. Yeah. So. But he was a huge Tony Robbins. I love that's, Tony Robbins. He is another awesome one that I watched some videos and, um, and, and just, uh, I always have been really interested in alternative healing and footstools and energy and that's when like way before all of that type of stuff started, I was a big half deek and I had a UFO news dude, <laughs> a Yahoo news dude. I had people all over the world and we would talk about UFO related metaphysics and so and that was like middle school down in the high school I had this and I been, I had this UFO website and still these personal cards and that kind of started my entrepreneurial online oh I, I can dip things out there so I, I kind of learned that way with things and 
but it, that was always a big part of my life was stuff like that. <laughs> you, what, do you have any hobbies or anything um, besides? I love doing camping. I love the outdoors. I like to read when I do a little um, sports. Like I love the badmins. <laughs> Yeah. Flag football. Flag football? No. No. You're not, you're not a pussy. I'll tackle you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I just my hobbies are being fun. When I'm not doing anything, I love being around people. I don't really watch T V. I watch a movie at someone else is watching a movie in the living room. Like I won't go and put it in or turn on the T V and put and watch a movie. I just I, when I was little I I did, but as I got older, I don't at all. Okay. I'm always just outside of people. Or... I want your best sales pitch for why people should seize the moment and chase their dreams. Oh. Are you ready for this? Kind of putting you on the spot. It could be as long or as short as you want. Uh, but to the people out there who think they have all the time in the world. They think they could just do it next year. They think they could just wait. Or to the people who think it's just, I think you posted something too that nobody's going to come and just hand you your dreams or something. I remember I saw that. You're like, you got to get out there and get it. So for those people who think that they could just sit in their living room and their dreams are just going to come right and knock <coughs> on their front door. What is Marty? Yeah, say that's about that? definitely not the tape. You definitely have to go out and and create the opportunities that you want. It, like I go out and talk to people and I tell them about my foundation. And they're like, oh, hey, that's the connect you with this event. And boom, it's a fundraiser. Or boom, it's a sponsorship. So you, it, you just slip back. You know, things will never happen and never build. And even if you go out and it's a slow build, at least... It's one little building block. It's one little block builds the wall. Not the tiny wall that Donald Trump wants to build, right? But <laughs> it can build a wall. Wrong wall. <laughs> Marty's here to make uh, what we make make the motivation great again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a universal thinker. Like yes, I love leaving the United States, but we're one planet, and if people realize that. We're just a small bit of this universe, and like that's my philosophy. Well, we are, as far as we know, space apes alone in this thing, flying around a fucking nuclear explosion, <laughs> right? That's guaranteed in five billion years to eat up the rest of this Earth. So. I would agree with you. And considering nobody chooses their parents, that means nobody chooses their nationality either. Right. So I'm with you, brother. Completely. You know? yeah. yeah. I can see when people ask me, where are you from? I say the world. Yeah. I'm from the world because <laughs> I actually am. Was there anything you wanted to talk about or discuss? And this could be anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like to discuss now. It could be absolutely anything. Uh-huh. Anything we didn't cover? Anything you want to plug? No, no, you're good. Yeah. I'll plug you on the way out then, my friend. <laughs> I really, Marty, I really appreciate this. No, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I got that. Oh, I got that part. 
Yeah, he has it all. I got that one. So, folks, go check it out. Project Scissor Gate. That's Project Scissor org. It's going to be in the show notes. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Project Scissor Gate. Also, I'm going to put in, I'm going to go find his Instagram. I'm going to put it in here too. Um, so you'll, you will have that and dig around. You got a little spare change. Could, if they had some money, could they donate on that site, Marty? Yeah. A, a yellow donate. Well, in the part that they'll be doing my website right now, actually, but right on the main page, it says donate now and you can click on that. So if you got donate. some money you want to donate, it will be well spent. It what if they don't have money? What could they do if they don't have money, Marty? Uh, spread around it on Facebook, tag the page and, uh, invite people to the foundation page or to the website. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm out and about and I'm a little guy, like four foot ten, I walk past then. <laughs> if I walk, uh, normally, but like tall people next to me. So you'll recognize like me. me. Or I might be on somebody's back or I might be laying on my bottom being pulled. So whatever way I walk, come say hi. Come say hi. <laughs> happened a few times. Maybe once or twice, Maybe. a little too much Captain Morgan's. Hey, it happens to the best of it us. Under the best I stop walking straight later out there. I'm like, heal. Hey, I'm healed. Well, I will say this. <laughs> and you said it earlier, and I'm going to reaffirm it now. You are a one of a kind, badass motherfucker, Marty. <laughs> I really well, appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. And definitely check them out, folks. Go check it out, facebook.com forward slash Project Scissorgate and projectscissorgate.org in the show notes. And if you find and enjoy this podcast helpful, subscribe, man. And if you haven't already, give me a review. I would really appreciate it. This is a free podcast, and your subscribing and reviews really do help. Like and share as well. Go to renegadedetroit.com. Any comments or suggestions? If you're interested in any of the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit investment club hit me up on twitter at jeremy burgess instagram to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash detroit wholesalers and as i wrap up this podcast i do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent i know i do it every week i'm tired of your excuses i believe in you i know lots of mistakes poisonous people bad habits i've done all these things man you are not alone you're not some special desert flower you're the same fuck up everybody else is Stop, set some goals, stick with it, don't give up, do something every day, or as we say in Detroit, every day to get you closer to your goals, even if it's one step. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate your attention. Until the next podcast, crush it. <laughs>